After a long day of being pulled in every direction, the last thing anyone wants to think about is what's for dinner. That's where Schwann's can help with a variety of real food choices, frozen to lock in freshness, from ready-made meals, premium meats and side dishes, to vegetables, ice cream, and more. Schwann's foods go from freezer to table in minutes, not hours, so you can pull off a delicious meal in no time at all. Ordered, delivered, done. That's homemade easy. To help simplify mealtime, visit schwanns.com. My next guest, she's on the phone, and I'm excited. Read her book this weekend because I got it on Friday. Read it on Saturday. Read it for breakfast. You know, I walk around the house and I go, man, book looks really good. And I started reading and couldn't put it down. My next guest is a wife, mother, friend, sister, and God-fearing woman who has been dancing since the age of four years old. She's a graduate from Jackson State University. Yay, yay. And earned a Bachelor of Science degree in criminal justice. She's the founder of Doll House Studios, author and star of the hit Lifetime show, Bring It. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Miss Diana M. Williams. Hey, good morning, good morning. And how you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Back to you. <laughs> how you doing, young, my friend? I'm doing good, trying to fight the Atlanta traffic off with a stick and a sword. Well, don't worry about it. Just, just take your time. I, like I said, this is Atlanta. It's not going to go anywhere, and you, you're on the phone with me, and we're here to talk about this uh, wonderful book that you wrote and talk about your career. Uh, and and it, with, with, with success, let's start out up front. You know, dancing is a passion for you. When I, when I go through the book, it really becomes something, a, a centerpiece for you as far as what, made, what makes who you are and what drives you to your success. How, how, how did dancing become so important in your life? It says you started at the age of four, but a lot of people put their children in dance. A lot of people put their children in events. How did, how did, how did it just become such a dynamic motivator for you? Well, it became, it was an outlet. You know, it was more for me something to do to kind of escape the world that was around me. Dance mm-hmm. became a way for me to just be free and feel free with no stress, no worries, no judgment. Because dance is, it's, it's so many different things. Dance is not scripted. It's no right or wrong way. It's just either, it's movement with excitement and happiness. For me, it just became something that, it was just a vital, pivotal part of my life and important to me right. on so many levels. Right, right. And uh, and being that, being the way they say it is that, let's talk about your background. And we, you know, start, start that home life. So if I'm reading everything correctly here, um, your mom, she k- took care of a lot of foster kids, correct? She did, yeah. And you kind of like took on a kind of a parental role in that. You know, basically, she they, they lived there, but she was kind of like the uh, the mom. Uh, you, yeah, you, you, pretty you, and so how did that impact your life as a kid? Did it take away from you being a kid or did it advance your maturity? How did that, ha- how did that affect you? Well, I think, honestly, it affected me positively and negatively. I learned how to be more organized. I learned how to be more responsible early on. But at the same time, being 10 and 11 years old, I didn't really want the responsibility of cleaning a house and having to cook and taking <laughs> care of kids when I was simply a kid myself. Right. But as I look back on it, you know, as I've gotten older, it has definitely, you know, kept me where I need to be, definitely kept my head on a swivel. It's definitely, you know, made me be the strong, a stronger person, definitely. And then being that stronger person is that, you know, allowed you to experience uh, some negative things in your youth? And some negative things in your adult, and we'll get to that later on. But let's talk about your youth, and let's talk about the story that you. Why did you write this book, Miss Williams? 
Well, I wrote this book because I felt like there was a need for me to pretty much get it out and get it off of my chest. I wasn't able to really function, if that makes any sense. I wasn't able to function and move on and just be happy because I felt like there was just something missing. There was a part of me that just that just wasn't, it wasn't there. I wasn't all the way there. I wasn't happy. And I couldn't really figure out why I wasn't as happy as I should have been. Here I am at a, at a peak point in my life. I have, people think I have the world at my fingertips, you know, but I'm still human. I have a great television show. I have a great family. I have a thriving business. Yet and still something was missing. And I think that one part of me still was missing that acceptance from my mom, closure, on the situation with my mom and my dad and just kind of getting it out. It, the book was very much so therapeutic for me because I was able to talk about things that I had never said out loud before. Mm-hmm. It was helpful on, mm-hmm. in every, on, in, on every level. It was very helpful. Now, that's important. Let's talk about that relationship with your mom and your dad. Your dad was there, and then he was uh, moved, then he moved out. What, uh, uh, what age did he move out of the house? Um, I would say he moved out, kind of more got put out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you yeah. tell some of the story, too, because I don't want to be negative about anything in your life. I don't want to portray an image of your life because it's your experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> well, it ha- I was a preteen. So mm-hmm. it was like 12, 13-ish. Y- yes, it was Ms. around Mary. that time mm-hmm. when that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so not having that father figure, you say in the book that it, 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 re- it reflected on how your view and your relationship with men and how you should move forward and how men should be approaching you because at the age of 13, you was violated by your babysitter uh, when he groped you and while you were playing a video game. And so, and that, that, that had a lasting impression on you. And then your father's not there. That had an equal, uh, equally important message that you're trying to tell people about the importance of, of a positive male figure not only in a, a anybody's life, but especially in a young female girl's life, correct? Absolutely. And it's also true that the message was to send a message to parents and watch who you have your kids around. Don't leave your kids with just anybody because the face that they put on is not always the face that they are. I mean, this man was somebody that not only my mother liked, but my grandparents liked him. He was always around the kids at the different schools. But I guess because he saw me in a vulnerable state, wanting my mom's attention, my dad wasn't there. I I had all this responsibility of my siblings. I don't know if he just felt like maybe I needed attention. I'm not exactly sure because it came out of nowhere. It happened, and I didn't really know whether to react or not react. Or I didn't really know what was happening or how to even handle it. Right. Right. And it's important that we, I'm on the phone. Oh, she's on the phone. Uh, she's from the star of the hit show on Lifetime Bring It. She's a very, uh, she's released a very uh, significant uh, book called uh, Standing in the Shade. That's Diana M. Williams. Uh, Diana, uh, home state is Mississippi, correct? Absolutely. So uh, you know about good food, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah. This southern food is hard to find if you're not down there in the deep south. And you know about HBCUs. There's a certain amount of pride in this book about graduating from the HBCU school. Why is that important? Well, you know, I grew up in HBCU town in Jackson, Mississippi, and then also too, I have family that went to school, you know, here right here in um, Atlanta. My 
my um, uncle Billy graduated from Morehouse. He's a Morehouse man. My um, aunt went to Morris Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, and then my have family that's gone to Howard, mm-hmm. and majority, the other majority have gone to Jackson State. So I knew I was going to end up at Jackson State somehow, somewhere. My mother graduated from JSU. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, HBCUs have been a, a part of our life. It was always, you know, uh, meant to be proud to be an African-American. You had to go to an HBCU. It was the only way you were going to learn what it truly meant to be black and in college. You know, going to different schools, you know, the MEAC and, the, you know, the SEC schools and a lot of other D1 schools, it's amazing. But you don't get that black college experience unless you're at a black college. That's true, because I went to the University of Houston, and I don't know that experience, but the experience is always was, exciting when I see it, though. It's, it's, it's on fire, though. It's on fire. Yes. Now, you chose yes, a degree a in uh, criminal justice. That was That's interesting. You're, you're, you're a prominent. Why, why, why that degree plan? Well, I chose criminal justice with a concentration in juvenile justice because of everything that had happened to me. I felt like I needed to have some type of power and to enforce some things in my life that I didn't have the opportunity to really control. And me being able to enforce some type of control was perfect for me because it was like, well, you know what, hey, let me put myself in a position of power through school, gain all the knowledge that I need to gain about the criminal justice system. So things that could potentially that could have happened to me if it happened again or happened to anyone else, mm-hmm. then I could control that. Mm-hmm. And this was, and then my concentration in juvenile justice stems from me basically saying, you know what, I can try to be a protector of children. I, know that's I can right. be a protector of children right. in some way, shape, form, or fashion, and this was my way of doing that. Good. Uh, she's on the phone, Standing in the Shade is the name of the book. We'll be back with more. Ms. Diana, William, Diana M. Williams, the star of uh, Bring It from Lifetime. I'm back with Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to uh, Money Making Conversation. I can't talk today. Rashawn McDonald. All right. My next, she's on the phone right now. Like like I stated earlier, she's a wife, mother, friend, sister, and God-fearing woman who has been dancing since the age of four. She's a graduate. We just talked about it. Jackson State University, you know, HBCU's finest. She's the founder of Dollhouse Studios, author and star of the hit Lifetime show, Bring It. She's back on the phone. Please welcome back to the show, Miss Diana M. Williams. Diana, in this book, your mama, describe your mama before I say something. Describe your mama. Okay, can you hear me? Hello? I'm not sure. 2970. Hello? Is she buying something? Hello? No, I'm, still, I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, would you stop the Chick-fil-A or something? What's going on now? You stop the Chick-fil-A? No, I'm, in, I'm in the building. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, yes. Um, I'll just sit down here. Okay, cool. Just sit right there. Now, I was asking you about uh, your mom. Uh, please describe to me your relationship with your mom and give me an insight on exactly who your mom, what role did your mom play in your life? Well, she, my mom was very firm. She was a very stern individual. Uh, she, you know, kind of had her own way about life about everything. You know, she had her own way to do things, the way she wanted things done. She was very vocal, outspoken. But, I mean, she was my mom, you know? Right, because, you know, she did some things like when you, you know, when you were late for the bus, because she rode the bus. She was a bus driver, and the bus mm-hmm. stayed at she the house. Correct. And, uh, like, I was reading the book, like, when you were late, she'd leave you. So, so... How, how did she expound on that? Was that she just teaching you a valuable lesson about being on time? No, I think she was just being a bus 
to be honest, because I was <laughs> I was on time. If I, if I'm your child, I don't care if I'm five minutes late. Right. I'm your child. Right. You don't leave your child running down the street behind a scooper. Right. There's no there's no understanding behind that. There's no reason behind that. It just doesn't make any sense right. to do that. Does it make any sense to do that? And I think that because she was trying to make her point that if I wasn't where she wanted me to be at that moment, then it was just a junk deal. Right. And that, and and so that's what I'm saying. I was just trying to get a description because, you know, you know, you had to take she bring in these foster kids and basically you took care of them. Um, she didn't she wasn't there in key young girl moments in your life, correct? Absolutely. And, you know, if you were running late for a bus, she she'd go, oh, sorry, and the bus was at the house now. The the bus mm-hmm. was parked at the front in the front yard. And she well, let me let me make sure that I explain this so everybody understands. The bus was parked in our in our driveway, the backyard. We had a huge backyard, so it was parked. Our long driveway was parked in the back of the driveway. Mm-hmm. My bedroom is by the back door, so <laughs> I would go out the back door to get on the bus every day. And if I missed her leaving the house to go pick up the rest of the kids, I needed to be on the corner as she was driving by throughout the neighborhood for me to be able to get on the bus on time. So I had one or two choices. It was either to get on the bus then or to stand out on the corner and wait. And a lot of times I would know if the other if she had passed by already or if she was coming or what happened. So I would always try to make sure that I got on the bus get in the, at the house before she left. But trying to wait on the corner, I never knew because the other kids were already gone. So I could be just standing out there for no reason and not even knowing that she's already gone. Because she was going to call the house and say, hey, I'm coming back. Or there was no cell phone pager back then. I didn't have anything. I mean, so it was not like she was going to do that because she didn't do it then, and I knew she just wouldn't have. Cool. Now, uh, despite all those, uh, I guess, uh, parenting antics by your mom, that didn't diminish your love for her, correct? No, I mean, it didn't. I mean, I I wanted her attention. You know, I I definitely wanted attention, and I think any child wants the attention of their parents. Any child does. I definitely wanted her attention, and it wasn't it just wasn't what I wanted it to be. At 13 and 14 years old, that's a turning point in a, a young girl's life. They're preteen, they're young. You know, they don't, you're trying to figure out who you are. Your body's constantly changing. Yes, ma'am. There's things happening. You, you just don't know. And with me being the only girl in the house full of boys, I, nobody talks to me about body changing or about, you know, boys or about dating or makeup or hair. You know, I didn't have those conversations. I learned about watching my peers at school. And it was it was rough. I won't I won't lie. It was it was really rough. And then having things happen to me, people saying things to me. I was bullied heavily mm-hmm. in school, and I didn't go into details in that with, with that in the book. But I was bullied heavily in school. I had an aunt, a whole ant bed put in my locker. My hair was cut. I mean, I've had peanut butter put in the seats of my of my desk seat because people knew I always sat in the same seat because I had to sit in the front because my mom wouldn't allow me to sit anywhere else but in the front of the class. But because my mom drove the school bus, she was making comments and telling on the other kids that they got off on the wrong stop or, you know, if they were doing things they weren't supposed to. So, of course, I gained a reputation for being that, that child whose mama was a snitch. So it, just, it, it didn't make life easy for me at all. Cool. Well, you know, I just wanted people to, I wanted you to expound on that because of the fact that, you know, there, as you went from Mississippi, then you moved to California. And then when you got mm-hmm. to California, uh, let's go to the dark side of the book. When you got into uh, 
uh, went to strip clubs and started dancing, which led to a, mm -hmm. another career that you're not happy about. That's in the pornographic industry, porno industry. And all that was tied to uh, you uh, trying to make money, paying for medical bills for your mom. Okay, let's go and be real and trying to exist. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, you know, they, they kind of condemn things and they, they, they put certain. You explain that. Please stop putting this um, this face of a stereotype on that everybody who does certain things, they are these type of people. I, that was my big takeaway from your book when you got to that section of the book, correct? Mm -hmm, absolutely. I mean, it looks like the, the people that I met when I first moved to California, these were some of the most amazing women. I don't keep in contact with them, but I do follow them on social. They own businesses. They're doctors. I know one that is a lawyer that owns her own firm. They're mothers. They're, I mean, they're entrepreneurs. These are great women. They weren't in this industry to just get a quick buck. They had a plan. They were in college. And it was amazing to see that at my age. I'm 18, 19 years old, and these two women are 25 to 30, and they make, they're making it happen. You know, it is a, for me, I don't call it point or I call it adult films because that's, to me, what it was at that time and what it still is to this day. And for me, at that time in my life, I knew that my mom needed me without even saying that she even needed me. I knew she needed me back then when I was a kid, helping her get everything handled in the house with those kids. And it took me a long time to come to grasp with the fact that a grown woman needed me to help her do something. And now here she is, remarried to a guy that doesn't even speak to me, to a person who put me in the same position that Kenneth put me in, made me feel very uncomfortable in my own house. Mm -hmm. I mean, here I am, moving back. Nobody told me about bills. Nobody told me about the things that were going on. But I'm not blind. I can see it. Right. I see what's happening. I'm watching it happen. I'm seeing it. So it just makes it makes sense. It just makes sense. Well, this is and I, I figured I needed to do something then to allow my family, my mom, my five brothers, to be in the street. While I mean, I'm standing right here with an opportunity to be able to help her. Diane, this is really important. Uh, wow, you know, you got a lot to say. Now you got the hit TV show, Bring It. You're, you have a wonderful husband. You have a beautiful son. And uh, you know, celebrity status brings other social media uh, comments. So how has Bring It changed your life besides financially? Bring gave me the opportunity to have a social platform to be able to speak on different things that have happened over the course of time to a broader audience. It gave me the opportunity to be able to would have never known there otherwise people see T V and it's edited a certain way and it's cut to be a certain way and they just think that, oh, this is what it is. It's she just goes into the studio and she coaches the kids and they get yelled at. No, it's way more than that. It's way, way more than that. Bring it just gave me the opportunity to be able to showcase to the world what I've been doing for the last ten years prior to the show coming. It showcased a dance style that's untapped, that's disrespected on every way. But it made the world respect everything that it is that we do down in the beat style. This is a dance style that's been around for a very, very long time. It's not something that's new. It's been around. It's just now that it's been made nationally popular. Oh, you've made it nationally popular now. With attitude though. Yeah. With attitude though. Let's tell about that attitude, though. What a good attitude, making that money. And when, when I also want to talk about this, this doll that you have out now. You know, how did that come about? The doll that one can buy online. Tell us about that. Well, I have a doll that pretty much is made in my image. She's a beautiful 
brown colored doll that looks as identical to me is something that I thought was important and necessary for young brown girls to see someone that looks just like them, someone that they look up to, someone that is making moves and an entrepreneur, a successful one at that, that they can say, hey, you know what? She has one and maybe I can have one too. And I grew up with cabbage pack dolls and the Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls. And I had a, a cabbage patch doll. She was brown, but all the brown dolls looked alike. Right. And all brown people don't look alike. Right. <laughs> so I, don't, I didn't feel like, you know, I should have anything that looked like anyone else. And because I'm unique in every way, I felt like my doll should look unique just like me. Good. Diana M. Williams, please, uh, uh, congratulations on your life. I want you to come back on the show. This was not long enough. Uh, she has a very hot book called Standing in the Shade. Please pick up that book. She has a, a doll out there that looks just like her. Please pick that up, too. You've been listening to Money Making Conversation. I've been interviewing Diana M. William from the hit show Bring It on Lifetime. After a long day of being pulled in every direction, the last thing anyone wants to think about is what's for dinner. That's where Schwann's can help with a variety of real food choices, frozen to lock in freshness from ready-made meals, premium meats and side dishes to vegetables, ice cream, and more. Schwann's foods go from freezer to table in minutes, not hours. So you can pull off a delicious meal in no time at all. Ordered, delivered, done. That's homemade easy. To help simplify mealtime, visit schwann's.com.